I wish we had special music for our holiday. This is like our holiday special. It is. Limited playtime. Limited play. Jingle, jingle. Limited playtime. A reindeer. Jingle, jingle. I like that you said that was last surprise. A reindeer. Like you're in surprise. Why is he in my office? Frosty, what are you doing here? Please don't eat me. <laughs> cannibalistic reindeer? Well, a, a snowman. Oh, cannibalistic snowman. Well, like, and if he's it, a cannibal, he'd have to eat other snowmen. if he's made of snow? No, because he'd have to eat other snowmen to be a cannibal. We are just his prey. Right. Yes. <laughs> Predatory snowman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. Hope you enjoy your holidays. Look forward to our horror movie starring a predatory snowman next year from Limited Playtime. It'll be 30 minutes long. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast, where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Where the next episode is free. <laughs> I said that extra, extra slow and laid yeah, back because like... this is our 40th episode, and I'm taking my sweet time because we are suspending our typical rule set requiring us legally to end every episode in less than 30 minutes. Oh, is that why you're doing this? <laughs> Yeah, mostly. Just, I was like, you know, did he just have a stroke? Mostly for fun. No, no stroke. No stroke. It's okay. We're all right. <laughs> all right. It's just that we got time this time. It's the 40th. It's the 40th. It's our special year-end blowout episode where we're going to do an email. We're going to do a list. And we're going to have as much fun as we possibly can. And we're not going to worry about that clock. We're not going to worry about that clock until it is the 31st of December. And then we're going to look at that clock and we're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to look at that clock anymore because I've got board games to play. <laughs> sounds like a great plan to me yeah jason mm-hmm. we have an email and we, we are breaking with protocol we're gonna do the email at the top of the show indeed yes so please hit okay. us with the email i will indeed so we have an email from the dave <laughs> as it is signed uh it says dear lpt in parentheses leisurely players of tabletop that is awesome. I have some ideas for some shows for the end of the year. Oh? Yes. What games are you packing to play with your family? None. They're coming here. <laughs> None. None. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, my my family's coming here, too, so... And then we're leaving the next day to go to Asia, so I'm not... Fireball that... Island. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, that would be perfect, considering mm-hmm. my family's history with that game. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, so, yeah, probably Fireball Island. Uh, all right. What games are you hoping to get as a gift? Brass. <laughs> Was it on your list? It is on my list. Brass. Brass. Brass root. Brass root. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what I had on my list. It was, I, I just sort of keep like a run, running Amazon list of games that I want. And I just sort of give that out to my family as like mm-hmm. suggestions. So hopefully one of those. There's too many to list for me, honestly, but I, I was definitely talking up Brass and Root as uh, the year went on, and I, I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I'm going to wind <laughs> up with at least one of those at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the holiday. Well, you already ended up with one. I did? Yeah, didn't you? You got it, you no. got it early. No, that was Nemo's War. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I got Nemo's War. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. I yeah I can't really I'm I'm sort of hard pressed to think of one that I'm really really like excited for just I just like games so any any of them that were on my list would be fine. I've been in a Euro mood lately, so I was really excited for Brass. Yeah, you've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay, so are there new games that you're looking at on Kickstarter? No. <laughs> no. Much to my chagrin, no. Uh, I was looking at Cloudspire. It's it's designed by uh, uh, Chip Theory Games, and I have a game I will be talking about shortly 
that is from Chip Theory Games that is very dear to my heart at this point. And the, the Cloudspire game that they had in Kickstarter recently, I was, oh gosh, within an hour of the end of the Kickstarter, still trying to decide whether or not I wanted to back it. And I decided what I would do is I would wait until Gen Con of next year. And I would do my best to get to their booth on opening morning and try to get my hands on the game at that point in time, assuming that it's yeah. being sold at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be – it'll give me something to look forward to for Gen Con. It'll give me something to be very excited about at Gen Con if I happen to get my hands on it. And I think it'll be a little bit more meaningful if I'm able to complete that mission than me just getting it through Kickstarter at some point. If I still really need it later on in the future and I can't get it at Gen Con, I'll just order it through their website and get it eventually. But Mm -hmm. uh, that was the one thing recently that I really had my eye on. And then I talked myself out of the immediate (laughs) gratification part of it. So, (laughs) Which is hard to do. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking at anything new on Kickstarter. Like occasionally I something pops up that I'll peruse through and I, I, on my, um, working geek account, I get like a weekly, like summary of projects that are launching ones that are ending soon, et cetera, et cetera. And I check that yeah. every week, but like nothing kick really t- kick the table blog, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, nothing really that sort of recently has kind of really stood out to me, but I do have a, a couple of things that I have kickstarted that are yeah. coming down the line. Yeah. I actually just got one the other too. day. Oh, yeah? Which yeah. one? Uh, it's a card game called Crypt. Hmm. Um, I do not remember that one. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a while. I don't even remember how long ago the campaign was. but And it was one of those things where it was like, hey, that looks like a cool card game, and it's only $9. So, oh, yeah, sure. Big yeah, deal, like, right? why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that just So anyway, if, if you're looking for Kickstarters and, and interesting Kickstarters to keep an eye on, uh, the Kick the Table blog on Kick are on Board Game Geek is a really good way of keeping track of new Kickstarters that are coming out and also uh, Kickstarters that are about to leave Kickstarter. So, like the ones that are about to end. Um, but that's the one that Jason's referring to. And that's a really good blog to follow in order to kind of just keep tabs on notable board game Kickstarters. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I check that every week. Because uh, I don't want to miss out on anything, even though mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't. Yeah, FOMO. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is there more to the email, Jason? (laughs) There is. There's a couple more. There's, um, okay, so is there a theme for a game that you would like, but that you don't know of a good one out there? Maybe a game from growing up that could use a new version, like Fargo Island? So, leading up to Thanksgiving, we desperately looked for some sort of Thanksgiving-themed game to play. We were going pretty far afield, too. (laughs) There was nothing of note for us to review. We wanted to to do a Thanksgiving-themed episode, and we could not find a way to really make that work. So, uh, a really well-designed, interesting, fun-to-play Thanksgiving game is my choice for something that isn't just a remake of something, um, but a theme that I don't see being tackled in a way that is worth looking into yeah like i i would love some kind of like turkey slaughter yeah yeah just like planning out the big feast somehow like you know going on the hunt while also like you know doing the farming part back home um i don't know like you know i was looking at a uh, key flower which is i guess sort of vaguely pilgrimish themed uh as something to look at and i still haven't played that game but i'm interested in that but you know it didn't look like it was necessarily it's definitely not necessarily thanksgiving themed yeah i know um yeah. so yeah a thanksgiving game would be good uh and then the- a game that could use a new version like fireball island um, uh-huh which would that be <laughs> well i know uh that we have both expressed admiration for hero quest and that yeah that hero, really hero quest is, that's the game that we want to see it's apparently like a licensing nightmare but if somebody could figure that out i think that that would be that would be a blessing to a large portion of the board game fandom community yeah yeah. I'm uh and I know the the company Restoration Games that did Fireball Island is currently working on a re reimplementation of Dark Tower, another yeah. game from the 80s that I played when I was a kid. I'm interested to see where that goes. I never played that game, but it, it sounds really cool. Uh, you and I have already given some thought before we heard about Restoration Games. We gave some thought about how would we reimplement that game in a more modern context. Yeah. Uh, and now there's no point because they're doing it, and, <laughs> and they have more money their than version. Do, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, okay, and from our email, we have one last suggestion. It says, what are your favorite games that you played in 2018? What a great question! <laughs> it is I a good think, question. I think we should do an entire episode 
focused on the top 10 games that we each played in 2018 that were new to us. What a novel idea that we that just talked about That is a fantastic idea. Let's yeah. do that, Jason. <laughs> Wait, I happen to have a list right in front of me that answers this very question. Ah, oh, magically, so do I. This is serendipity. <laughs> it's a All holiday right. miracle. <laughs> it, is a, it is a holiday miracle. <laughs> We each have a list of 10 games that were the top 10 games that we played for the first time in 2018. These are not necessarily games that came out in 2018, but they are games that were new to either Jason or I in 2018. And we are going to list them and give you a brief summary of why we felt like they were one of the better games that we played in 2018 and why they may be worth looking into if you happen to find the theme or the mechanics interesting yourself. Yes, I am excited. I am, too. I'm excited to talk about several of these games. (laughs) Uh, A lot of them may sound familiar to you guys, because a lot of them, you know, probably predictably, a lot of the games that we played for the first time in 2018 Mm -hmm. were also games that we reviewed on the podcast. So maybe up to 80% of them. Yeah. (laughs) But there may be there are a couple, at least on my list that that we haven't talked about. So, yeah, I've got a couple, too. But yeah, for the most part, that's true. Okay. All right. So you want to start, Jason? Uh, sure. Okay, so right. coming in at my number 10 uh, was a game that we have talked about, uh, Laser Riders. <laughs> Ooh, what a fantastic game. It is. <laughs> I said this in the episode where we reviewed it, but um, this game had no business being as fun as it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a bunch of like cardboard tracks and dice, and the rules and the theme are really ridiculous. Uh, but it's just a blast to play. I mean, it's so like the potential for like crazy shenanigans to happen is like through the roof and I just love it. <laughs> you know, this would actually be another decent candidate for like playing with your family at Christmas time or mm. New Year's Eve or, you know, whatever your holiday celebration of, of choice is. Yeah. I can't imagine a person playing this game and having a bad time. No, no. I mean, they're, they're, it's not like you're you're playing some deep strategy game that requires, like, analytical thinking the whole time. You're just basically, like, sizing up space and then, you know, yeah. rolling dice. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, but the... Really fun theme. Yeah, yeah. I, and the fact that, like, it just can go incredibly haywire just for, <laughs> just for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laser Riders is Laser Riders is dope, indeed. All right. So yeah. what's what's your number ten? My tenth is Coimbra. Uh, it's a game that I only played once with you uh, on our way to the airport following Gen Con. Uh, but you know, I like I said, I've been hungry for Euros this year, and that happened to be a Euro from I believe some of the designers of uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, which is a game that we have played in the past. Yep. And it kind of has that same sort of like potpourri of mechanics sort of thing going on, where there's just like of like just sort of like this this sort of like hodgepodge of weird mechanics that are all happening at the same time, but they all seem to mesh in a way that makes it feel like some sort of Rube Goldberg-esque machine of (laughs) game mechanics, right? And if you plan that out well enough, you get really satisfied with the outcome. And it was a game that provided that for me in the one time that we played it in a way that no other game really did this year. The only other game that I've played that kind of got there was Rococo, Mm -hmm. um, which is not on my list, but it was definitely in consideration. I just feel like Coimbra had a little bit more going on in mechanically, artistically, um, you know, component wise that it made my number 10, uh, my number 10 spot instead of it or a couple other games that I was considering. Uh, So Coimbra is my number 10 game of the year. Uh, I'd really like to play more of that. I don't have a copy. Maybe that's something I'll get at Christmas time. We'll see. Um, (laughs) But it's definitely a game that I'll be looking for, like either to game store to play more, more times, or maybe even picking up my own copy later on down the road if I don't get it soon. Yeah. It's a good game. It is. Yeah. I I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, Your number nine, Jason. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, My number nine is uh, another one that we've talked about uh, and that I picked up at Gen Con, which is Mask of the Red Death. Ooh. (laughs) Um, I've played this game a couple times. Like, we played it once at Gen Con, and I I played it a couple times here at home. Um, And it just just keeps getting more ridiculous. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, it just really does. I mean, it's so... Like, either way it goes. So, like, either if you all completely lose, like, <laughs> like the moment the end starts, or if, like, somebody managed to actually, like, figure out 
the path of the Red Death and to survive. Uh, even like, even, even if they make it to like the very last one and they still die, like either way, like if somebody wins or you all lose or whatever else, like, it's just, I'm just in complete awe of, did you actually have somebody the, survive the, the Red Death in one of your games? We had, um, yes, we did. Oh my God. Yeah. She won. That's amazing. <laughs> she was the only one that survived. She won. Whoever, whoever she is, she deserves a medal. Seriously. I mean, and that's the thing. Like we were. Like, yeah, we all, the rest of us all lost the game, but we were all like, holy crap, like, kudos to you for winning, (laughs) winning this game. (laughs) Was it, did you talk to her about it? Like, was it all based on, had she figured out the, had she read the Matrix, essentially, and knew exactly what to do? Or did she (laughs) She get a little bit lucky? (laughs) She got real lucky. Okay, okay. Well, congrats anyway, that's amazing. (laughs) I know, yeah, I mean, if you managed to survive, like, good for you. (laughs) Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, Masquerade of Death. So, number nine for you. Uh, Laser Riders. (laughs) You may have heard of it. It is is a game where you uh, judge spacing and put down little cardboard paths, and uh, your space shark decides to go skating through your uh, galactic silver surfer type person. (laughs) It is fun. Play it, please. (laughs) It is also cheap. Go buy it. They deserve money. <laughs> they do. They deserve lots of money. For they this, deserve this money. Go give them genius. money. <laughs> Number eight, Jason. Number eight. This one surprised me, um, but uh, Western Legends actually is. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Tell me why. <laughs> well, it surprised me because I don't. Explain yourself. I don't usually like Western themed things. Um, I don't know why. Western themed th- Western themed things are very cool. I mean, it stems from my childhood. It's a whole thing, but. Were you spanked by a cowboy? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, essentially what happened on the weekends was my dad would watch Westerns, and then if we wanted to watch anything on the TV, we had to, like, wait until he was done, so. <laughs> so you were, like, sort of metaphorically spanked by a cowboy. Yeah, kind of, like, John Wayne was uh-huh. slapping my rear end. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyhow, so, I, I mean, I, it just has never, it always just reminds me of, like, Standing in the way of something I actually wanted to watch. And you got a chip on your so shoulder towards Western themed things. I do. Yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah. So, so the theme isn't something really that I thought would appeal to me, but the game is a lot of fun. Um, uh huh. You know, I just I like the the sandbox type um, construction that the game takes. You know, so you're not sort of on a particular path to victory. Like you, there are multiple ways that you can sort of win the game and, and winning the game includes things like you know, playing poker, uh, arresting outlaws or trying to rob a bank or, you know, whatever <laughs> gold, gold prospecting. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun uh, to just, you know, first, the first thing on your first turn, just walk across the street and decide you're going to try and rob the bank. <laughs> yeah. You had a good moment there. I did. I mean, it was a it turned out to not be a great strategic move, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a game where if you don't win this game, I don't think it's the end of the world because no. really, it, there's just a lot of fun to be had in the game. So yeah, it was it was pretty dang hilarious. Yeah, the path of getting there is really the sort of like we've talked about this, I believe, like Arabian Nights is sort of similar. We're like, you know, yeah. the path from A to B is really what the game is, not necessarily the conclusion. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. All right. All right. So number uh, eight. My number eight is Nemo's War. Mm. It's a little bit of a thinkier, a little bit of a subdued uh, game compared to something like Western Legends, but it's something that I definitely enjoy. A big part of it does have to do with Ian O'Toole's art. I feel like his art on this board, I feel like his art in general in board games is just really amazing. It's something that I really like. Uh, But in in Nemo's War, I definitely appreciate it a great deal. But also, it is a solo game. I've been doing a lot of solo gaming, so it happened to fit exactly what I needed particularly well this year. And I also really like the way that it does it. You know, I like the sort of adventure you go on. Um, I like the risk versus reward sort of elements of the game. I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of risk versus reward. I like the sort of like RPG elements of the game where you can kind of upgrade the Nautilus as you go along and sort of pick and choose your battles and everything. It's mm-hmm. just got this great sort of like, you know, sort of like sublime adventure sort of action-y, but not super action-y, more adventure sort of game with minor sort of, you know, kind of hits some notes sort of uh, narrative elements to it as well. It's just a very just sort of like the gestalt part of this where like it's a little bit more 
the result in the end is a little bit more than the sum of its parts. You know, I kind of feel yeah. like that's the case with Nemo's War. And when I play Nemo's War, it makes me feel engaged in a way that a lot of games don't make me feel. Uh, so I feel like Nemo's War is a pretty big success overall, especially in terms of it being a single-player game. Yeah, I mean, I so I'm not a huge fan of the game itself, but I mean, I don't, I don't play a lot of solo games, first of all, so that's not... That's probably one of the reasons that I, I don't really find it that mm-hmm. uh, that engaging. But I will say that like one of the things that I think Nemo's War does well is that like the sense of epic adventure, yeah, in, through the storytelling that it, that occurs, I think is really really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wouldn't recommend it as a co-op. I would only recommend it uh, as something that somebody wanted to play by themselves. But yeah. for that, I believe that it is uh, very special and something that isn't necessarily. Uh, there's nothing else that really does exactly what it does, so I feel like it's very unique in that in that in that respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Number seven, Jason. All right. Number seven. Uh, this will sound really familiar because we just talked about it. And number seven for me was Concordia. Mm. Um, it's that low, huh? Seven. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm even the best heroes for me are just kind of yeah. <laughs> just kind of pale in comparison. Okay, seven. Okay, um, go on. <laughs> well, and I know you're a big fan of this game. I mean, I I am too. I really like the game. Uh, it, it's it's good. Uh, you know, it's it's thinky, but not too thinky. It's really accessible. It has a, a pretty big Beauty. scope. Like there's there's a lot of stuff involved. An amazing box cover. Yeah, the, the amazing box. Uh, you know, this, you know, despite the fact that there's so much stuff, it all sort of really works well together and flows into each other and, and stuff like that. I think it's just a really well designed, well flowing uh, Euro game, and you know, I, thematically, I think it's you know, it's I mean, it's, it's a still Euro game. It's not. Uh, you know, grand, uh, grand epic narrative, but you know, in terms of uh, trying to describe like the the Roman Mediterranean economy, like it's it's pretty good. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said, except for the number seven part. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my number seven is Clank in space. <laughs> Uh, you really could switch in the other Clank. I know that we mentioned this on the Clank podcast that they're kind of interchangeable in terms of like their quality. Uh, it's basically it comes down to like theme. Essentially, Clank in Space has a couple of new mechanics that I think make it. I think that it elevates it mechanically slightly above Clank, a deck building adventure. But <laughs> if you just really want fantasy instead of sci-fi, Clank, a deck building adventure is pretty much just as good. Don't worry about it. The mechanics, you know. Uh, but Clank yeah. in Space and Clank, a deck building adventure were kind of revelatory for me when we played it. I had not expected to enjoy a deck building game nearly as much as I have enjoyed both Clank, uh, a deck building adventure and Clank in Space. Uh, they both have definitely exceeded, far exceeded my expectations for deck building games. Uh, I think partially because they don't use the typical uh, Dominion deck building mechanics. Yeah, there's that sort of like you know um, market that you were choosing cards from, sort of in the same way that Star Realms uses. And I think I've heard that also. Um, oh shoot, there's another game, and the name is escaping me now. But there's another game that kind of did it before Star Realms. Star Realms. Um, but, you know, that, that makes it so it's a little bit more dynamic. You know, like, each turn is different from the last. You don't have the exact same choices every turn like you do in Dominion. Right. In addition to that, you've got a board, and you actually have movement-based things happening that actually matter to the game. So it feels like the deck building is just one component of an overall really great game that has a lot of humor, a lot of whimsy, a lot of strategy that's fun, a lot of satisfaction. I feel like Clank in Space and Clank a Deck, a deck Building Adventure are games that are... I would say, like, they could be pleasing for just about any crowd, uh, whether you're a slightly more casual player, whether you're a slightly more strategic player. Either way, I think you're going to have some enjoyment with these games. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, it's so it's such an accessible game, and it's such a fun game to play. Yeah, and there's also some depth there, you know, with the way that you can create some really satisfying card combos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is my number seven. Jason, number six. Number six. My number six is Coinbro, which you already talked about. That's a good game. It is a good game. <laughs> and I like it for a lot of the same reasons that you, that you mentioned. I like the colors. <laughs> it's true. It does use like sort of an unusual color palette. It's a it's a very like brightly colored game which mm-hmm. which I quite enjoy. So does my colorblind brain. <laughs> eyes. I guess it's my eyes. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of kind of a similar thing to Concordia in that there's the, the hodgepodge thing. There are so many different types of mechanics and different parts of the game um, that sort of work all in conjunction to make what should be like a really messy game seem like really uh, enjoyable to play. And it, it should be messy, but it's not. It feels like really yeah. cleverly designed instead. Yeah, it, it feels like you would have had to have been an actual genius to design it to work as well as it does. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a reason they teach stuff like this in school. They they teach board game design in school now. Well, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> like you know, it's all like mathematics and probability. And, oh yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. Because <laughs> I would have to go back to school if they were teaching board game design, and, and I'd have to remajor in something. <laughs> I considered going back to school to learn how to be a puppet master. Oh. <laughs> Let's make a Puppet Master game. Uh, the Dave, we have another uh, answer for your question. <laughs> puppet Master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My number six is Whistle Stop. Oh. A game that board. I said I would never buy until they create a colorblind friendly version. But I <laughs> love the mechanics so much that I still ended up putting it at the top of the bottom half of my list. <laughs> the top Number of the six. bottom. <laughs> it's the top of the bottom, right? Yeah, no, like towards the middle, right? Like Whistle Stop is still one of my favorite games of the year. Mechanically speaking, this game is just something that I really love. Like, you know figuring out those paths ahead of time and planning out your turns your your actions like three or four moves ahead of time figuring out how all of these different crazy looking paths are going to work together in order to get to the certain resources that you need the way that all of those things work in conjunction is so satisfying to me and i just wish that i could see the colors <laughs> i hope so that, badly i hope that that wish comes true for you Kyle, i really you like this game so much <laughs> it is my biggest board game wish for bezier games to make a colorblind friendly version of whistle stop because <laughs> it would probably i could see that being like one of my favorite games to play if it wasn't such an exercise in frustration just because of the colors yeah <laughs> mechanically i love it i think it's so cool i it is my fondest wish for you Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hopefully the Christmas spirit hears us. Right. Yeah. Please, Father Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number five, Jason. Number five. Number five for me is Azul. What? What? What do you mean, what? Can I do my number five while sure. you do it? My yeah. number five is Azul. Oh. Twins. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun game. I, I, it's, it seems like it shouldn't be that fun because it's just (laughs) sort of tile drafting and points and, and, you know, this typical Euro stuff, but I mean, it's just, it's just cool. (laughs) It's satisfying. There is so much, there is so much satisfaction to be had in Azul. Like plan, if you plan your turns out ahead of time and you actually succeed in pulling off something that you intend to succeed at and nobody like, you know, derails you on the way there. Yeah. That is a, one of the most satisfying moments in board gaming out of 2018. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, I, just getting, you know, filling up those rows and like covering up all the, you know, the, the things on the tiling board and, and, you know, getting all the points from all the multiplying and all this. All I, of like, that just... is great. But succeeding in intentionally causing somebody else to have an entire row of junk, junk at the bottom yeah. of their board, that's the moment right there. That is Where you just really screw somebody over and you're like, you're not coming back from that, my friend. Yeah, that's pretty good. That was, that was, that was the two Tetris thing that just caused like your entire board to fill with junk and now you are screwed. <laughs> and I meant to do that. <laughs> aren't I a stinker uh-huh. oh. <laughs> little me <laughs> remind me never to play Azul with you <laughs> that is Azul right there in a nutshell <laughs> and it is awesome uh, alright okay. so Azul yeah. number right. four Jason number four. number four for me is Clank a deck building adventure hey that's a good game it is a good game <laughs> I support your decision <laughs> oh, I thank you um, I prefer the fantasy themed one. Um, I haven't actually played the space themed one, but just my general predilection is for the fantasy stuff anyway. Well, so. I'll just tell you that if you played the space one, you would definitely like it better. <laughs> Despite everything I've said. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's no dragon in it. I like dragons. Mm, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I basically for all the reasons Kyle said, like it, it's a deck building game, but the deck building is just one part of a 
broader board gaming experience. Um, and I think the part that I particularly enjoy is the um, the clank bag, the bag that has all the noise chips in it. And when you actually have to pull them out, like sort of the tension. There's a that, real anxiety. Yeah, there. The, the anxiety that everybody gets when you pull them out one at a time. And they're hoping my God, when we played clank, a deck building adventure and Brian got like all of his cubes, like <laughs> multiple times in a row and was just so mad at his bad luck <laughs> and and the context here is important brian is typically the person that has great luck yeah. and is always like you know ragging on me for having bad luck that's true so that particular game was so satisfying and so entertaining for me personally <laughs> oh, i'm glad we could provide that for you <laughs> <laughs> all right so number four for you afo woo a Feast for Odin. Kind of going along with the Kyle Loves Euros for some reason this year theme. Uh, a Feast for Odin satisfied me as a solo game. It satisfied as a multiplayer game. It satisfied as a Uwe Rosenberg game. It did everything that I hoped it would do and more. Because what I hoped it would do would be a satisfying multiplayer game and a fast satisfying Uwe Rosenberg game. But it also happened to have a really satisfying solitaire game in it as well. Uh, so... Ah, gosh, it just, it, it hits so many notes for me. Uh, the whole, like, sort of, the, the process that you have in Agricola of using worker placement to make some really satisfying turns happen, where you've got some really satisfying combos that happen between actions, really satisfying, well, it, it has um really interesting mechanics in terms of, like, using those Tetris mechanics that you also saw in, like, something like Patchwork. Like, like oh, covering using... up all the negative points and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's just, like, all kinds of different ways that your brain has to think in order to succeed at this game so it's not just thinking like you know i a lot of games are like think three third three turns ahead think about how this action's gonna affect that action and this action's gonna affect that action sort of like in coimbra but in this game it's like okay think about those things but then also think about tetris you know <laughs> and so like there's like all sorts of different things that are happening here and they all happen in a way that works in concert that i i I feel like you'd kind of have to be a madman to come up with this idea right i'm gonna mix tetris <laughs> with a greek law what <laughs> and it works <laughs> yeah. and in the same and in the same breath i'm like going whaling and playing a dice game what like but it all works it all works in the end and like in the end like y y you might even come up with a negative score you might win with a negative score what <laughs> like there's just so much baffling stuff about this game but it all works it all comes it all comes to head with like this very satisfying conclusion at the end. It makes you want to come back to the game and play it again and do better. It's one of those games where I know I've talked about this where like you learn something every time you play it and it makes you want to get better at the game the next time, you know? And so it draws you back in because of that challenge of getting better at it and and deciding that now that you know why this thing is valuable or this thing is valuable, you're going to focus more on that thing and you're going to ignore this other thing or you're going to find a way to make that one thing even more valuable, you know? And so it's one of those games that it, it has this great learning curve and has this great amount of satisfaction that you get out of all of the actions that you take and all the decisions that you make or you get completely screwed but it's your own fault you know and that's also <laughs> a learning experience um no that combined with you. like you know pretty awesome artwork pretty awesome components all of it together it's just an amazing game it's a great package it is it's an expensive game but it's one of the expensive games that really justifies its price tag yeah um, I agree with pretty much everything you just said, especially because Afo is my number three. Whoa, <laughs> here we go, number three. And this surprises me. I mean, not Afo in particular, but there are, you know, as, as much as I, I say I don't really care for Euros or I don't get excited about Euros, there are four of them on my list of top ten games. So <laughs> I called you out on that last week, by the yeah, way. You, yeah. You which did. was really just my wife calling you out on it, but you know, I was the I was the mouthpiece. <clears throat> I mean this I just because like they're good games. I they're not thrilling games to me, but they're good games. I, I there think. could be thrilling moments in a Euro. Sure, but, yeah. But you earn them through like slow, methodical thought processes and yeah, decisions. Yeah. That's I that's probably where the disconnect for me is. But anyway, yeah, I mean I it's hard to come up with any more reasons than what you just laid out for a face for Odin for why you like it. But uh the the one thing in particular that I really enjoyed about the game was uh that I got to uh basically conquer Greenland <laughs> <laughs> lifelong dreams right and, and annex it to my empire life goal checked <laughs> it was just cool like i was just working toward like i had to get a boat and to get a boat i had to get some wood and uh and then i had to upgrade a boat and 
<laughs> you know, like and you use that and boat for an entire and... game, and at the very end of the game, you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to retire this boat, which is now worth a bunch of points and food." Right? Exactly. Uh, you How know, satisfying is that? It just it just tickled me. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so, so that was good. my number three. If he's Frodo, <laughs> awesome. My number three is not Western Legends, Zaya Legends uh. of a Drift System, which we have not talked about on this podcast. This is new to our conversation. Uh, Zaya Legends of a Drift System we referenced during our Western Legends podcast because it is another sandbox game. Uh, but unlike Western Legends, which is Western themed, this is science fiction themed. You are a you are a spaceship essentially at the at the beginning of the game, and you craft sort of like the solar system as you play the game. You and your cohorts will put down a sort of like sort of it's sort of like gear shaped like sort of tile uh anytime you cross a border or decide to scan the border of a tile and you will build out the solar system that way and there's one star in the solar system named zaya uh if you decide that you're going to say blind jump into a sector and you happen to pull the zaya tile you die because you (laughs) just warp right into the star and i have done that and it made me very very happy because it was just so hilarious um zaya has pretty simple mechanics right it's a lot of like just sort of like die rolling and risk reward but it happens in a way that is very satisfying for me um the theme of the game is just like very rich like everything about the game the artwork the way that it's designed evokes the sci-fi theme and the sort of like risk reward theme of like jumping around from sector to sector within a solar system um running materials from one system to another from one planet to another getting into fights with an outlaw or if you're the outlaw you know the law or whatever all of that is done so well that even though it's not mechanically or you know like design wise something so masterful as something like a feast for odin or coimbra it, it, it is definitely sort of the epitome of like a fun american designed game like the ameritrash sort of like label that a lot of those games get it's got that sort of an element to it but it is just fun there's something about flying around the solar system and trying to achieve all these different goals to get fame which is how you win the game I don't know. Like, it's just something that I enjoy to the utmost utmost degree. Uh, I've never had a bad time playing Xia Legends of Adrift System. I have the expansion pack on order. It should be coming within the next couple of months. And I've heard that that makes it even better. So I'm so excited to try that out. And I'm hoping that once we do, we'll be able to even do an episode on this in the future. I want to kind of expand on Xia because I feel like it's... It's something that's really special. It has some really awesome components. And like I said, just playing it really does feel like a big adventure every time, sort of the way that these sandbox games are supposed to feel. Yeah, I remember we played it that one time, and it was... I mean, it's it's a really, like, fun game. Like, the exploration aspect, um, the, you know, sometimes being chased by the law aspect. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oops, um, I jumped through a planetary shield. <laughs> Yeah, now yeah, I'm an I mean, outlaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I it's just so you know, there's so much stuff involved that sort of tell a really interesting story. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a very, very, yeah, that's a good yeah. way to put it. It tells an interesting story. There's a lot of emergent sort of storytelling that happens in this game in a way that it doesn't need any narrative cards to tell you exactly what's going on. It's happening from your actions, and the actions that you're taking are causing results that are interesting in themselves. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right. All right. Number two. So my number two is a game that we haven't talked about. Um, it's oh. called Mythic Battles Pantheon. <laughs> oh, you had this when I was out there, but we yeah. did not have time to play it. No, we did not. And I hope we will uh, the next time you come. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's a basically it's a skirmish game. Um, it's like a mini miniature skirmish game. You uh, each player sort of builds an army, you get a certain number of points, and then you use it to sort of purchase units. Um, and you fight on behalf of a particular, uh, Greek God. Um, so you get the God and then you get some monsters and some heroes and then a bunch of foot soldiers. Uh, and then you put them on a field and you battle each other to collect, um, I call them God boogers, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cause they look like really crusty. Um, they must be huge. I they I think they're called like Umphalos or something. It's like god energy, like divine energy. But the pieces the pieces look like little crusty boogers. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so those are scattered about the the battlefield, and you have to sort of pick them up. But um, uh, or eliminate the other player's god. Those are the two ways you win. But um, 
but yeah, and you basically skirmish over this stuff. Um, and the thing that I really like about it is that it gives me that sort of grand, you know, big battle kind of thing that I really enjoy. It's got minis, which I really, really like. On a certain level, there's some dice rolling involved, but there's also a bunch of strategy involved with how you develop the different units you have, how you use the cards you have, and the the powers that the different types of units have are all so unique and thematic um, that you know, no, it, it, it makes me want to like try every different combination of army that I can possibly have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a really kind of fun and quick, uh, quick game to play. How quick does it play in or how? Um, I mean, if you really play? get it going, you can play in like an hour. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so it sounds yeah. like another alternative to something like battle lore, but a game that you actually enjoy. <laughs> yeah kind of yeah i mean i i liked battle lord just fine but the thing that i didn't particularly like about it was the sort of like you have to play a card in order to like command a certain part of the board or a unit we, in part of the board we still have to play that we have to play that with like the full rules and everything because i remember now you didn't actually play with the full rules but still, no, I just mythic, the interest in it. mythic sounds really cool uh yeah it's a lot of fun yeah yeah i, I want to try that out if we have time the next time i'm out there Great, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, awesome. My number two <clears throat> is Concordia. <laughs> Higher up on the list. I'm not a yeah. This is not seven. This is two. Uh, my second favorite game of the whole year is Concordia, and and I feel like it's definitely it's a strong two. Like this is going to be one of the games that I want to play. Like I think I said like what was it a week ago? We did Concordia. This is a game that I would play every week if somebody wanted to play this game with me every week. Uh, I feel like the the elegance of design here is something that is above and beyond the typical Euro, the typical American game, what have you. Uh, I feel like this game is satisfying on a level that very few games satisfy me. There's so many decisions to be made, so many turns ahead of when you need to make them. And so when you finally pull off something that you intended to pull off, it feels like, I don't know, it the only time I've really felt that level of satisfaction was when I was taking like, you know, computer coding classes and I managed to make a program work the way that it was intended to, to work <laughs> or something like that, you know. So, you know, it's a game that's easy to teach but incredibly deep and incredibly difficult to master. And I am looking forward to years of attempting to master Concordia. And I hope that I can find some people that are willing to play it with me uh, (laughs) because I think my wife is sort of already burned out on it. Um, But uh, maybe not, you know, we'll see. She says she likes the mechanics. It's just that, you know, like it, it it can be a a heady game, a a demanding game. And so, you know, like it's a sort of a demanding thing to ask of somebody. So, uh, I am hoping, though, that I get plenty more plays of Concordia in over the next few years because it's something that has definitely captured my attention in a way most games do not, and I would be willing to play it at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Another of my Christmas wishes for you, Kyle. Thank you, Jason. appreciate it. <laughs> Brrr, number one. Uh, the best game of 2018, according to Jason Cavallari, is... <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's overselling it, I think. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> uh, I... My number one is, like, a game that I really, really love playing, although I recognize that it has some flaws. Uh, and that would be a game that was new to me in 2018, which is Star Wars Imperial Assault. Oh. <laughs> Which is basically just battle lore. Uh, well, Imperial Assault is Descent. That's right. That's what I meant. Descent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. It was, I, they're all sort of mm-hmm. Descent fantasy, and battle Just the fantasy flight sort of cornucopia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Star Wars Imperial Assault. Uh, and uh, this is mostly just because like I'm a Star Wars fanboy. Yes, you are. <laughs> and I have been dying for a decent Star Wars board game. It's um, a good game. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. Like, I hey like a bunch of rebel troops like storming into a an imperial bunker uh to like mess Hack up their, their shit. like yeah yeah that that's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it just speaks to the uh the child that i am at heart who has loved star wars it's got good mechanics though it's it's kid. it's well designed it's a well refined version of descent uh in terms of the rule set and mm-hmm. it has really good campaign style rules and play and everything yeah, I mean it's just, like it's just a good time. 
you start out with somebody uh, if you're playing one of the rebels of course there's it's it's a one versus all game so you've got one player playing the uh, imperial side unless you're playing with the app which makes it fully co-op but let's assume you're playing with like you know the base game uh, you've got one person playing the imperial side and you've got up to four other players playing the rebels right mm-hmm yeah, and those rebels are generally carrying out missions, and the Imperial player is trying to stymie their attempts by using all kinds of different tools at their disposal, like including like generating enemies or using other cards that would in some way impact them negatively uh, in order to try to prevent them from achieving certain mission-based goals. And in between missions, you get to upgrade your character, you get to like you know add new skills or new equipment and things like that, so it works sort of like an RPG in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's true. It really does. Um, yeah. And I think that, I mean, I've only, I've played a handful of them, but I think the scenarios are, are really fun. Um, yeah. Uh, as opposed to something like Massive Darkness, which we played earlier, where, like, I, <laughs> I, which we talked about earlier, where I tried to play the campaign and the scenarios are just not, not engaging. No, like, it's, it's fine as, like, a skirmish game, but, like, as a campaign, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, no, Imperial Imperial Assault is definitely the superior game between those two. If those are your only two choices. Well, yeah. Then... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a fun, fun, good time. Yeah, I think that if you're into Star Wars and you're looking for maybe something akin to Hero Quest in this day and age, then it would definitely scratch those itches and is definitely a major winner in those respects. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, top of your my, list. Yes, my number one game, uh, and, and this is undisputed the only thing that can possibly uh, contest the spot is a game that we have not discussed because we decided that it was ineligible for only being a new version but the game that i have put at my number one list my number one spot is too many bones from <laughs> chip theory games these are the people i was talking about earlier uh the people that designed the cloud spire game i was talking about earlier uh they have designed a game called too many bones came out a couple years ago maybe a year ago or so uh that involves a bunch of little like sort of like gnome like or like goblin like gear locks that you play who are leaving the obendar which is like their little like homeland that they've been kind of like sequestered in for a long time in order to go out and fight these like evil overlords essentially and you have a massive rpg like adventure where you have sort of like an event deck built and you play through each card of that event deck and each one represents a day at a time and there's all kinds of crazy different things that happen. There's this great sense of humor written into the game that just makes me, it's made me laugh out loud from time to time. And that's not something that, that's not something that most movies can make me do, you know? Like usually like laugh out loud for me is like The Office and Parks and Rec and that's about it, you know? <laughs> um, but this game has made me laugh, it's made me smile, it's brought, it's got the, the the greatest sense of whimsy to it and in addition to that it has some amazing mechanics um when you get into the fight what you're doing is you've got basically like a four by four grid that you are positioning your gear locks on and then there's all these other like enemies that are on that grid and you're using all kinds of different abilities to your at your disposal in order to try to uh to fight these enemies um and and a lot of that has to do with how you build your character because the major component of the game is building your character out like you would in an rpg like choosing skills right so like if you've ever played a computer rpg where you get to choose skills that give your 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 player characters more abilities right like sort of like dragon age or something like that yeah. then this is a game that's very similar to that because you're going to get like you know new shield bashing abilities or something with like you know your your tanky type character you're going to get new character uh, new abilities to create better better and bigger bombs with like you know your your explosive type character you know and so you're you're getting this amazing sense of progression through the game just the most perfect sense of progression I think that I've ever felt in a board game uh, in terms of character progression. And in addition to that, you've got this great adventure that you're going on with all kinds of amazing rewards or penalties that are happening from day to day as you get into the different scraps and stuff. That, in addition to the humor, in addition to the amazing, amazing quality of the components, because it has these amazing, like, laser-printed dice and these great chips that everything is represented, represented by. Instead of a cardboard board, what you have is these neoprene-printed, like, die-cut board and character sheets and everything it's just got the most amazing components i've ever felt in a board game overall mixed with just a fantastic mechanical design fantastic sort of like world building and humor put into it the only thing that really bothered me about this game initially was the character design like didn't really hook me initially but after playing it a couple times i'm on board with it i feel like i am a big fan of the gear lock design i'm a big fan of the artistic design in this game even though it didn't start out that way uh they've hooked me in a way that i have not been hooked in a, in a way i've not been hooked by a game the way that this game hooked me this year ever 
this game hooked me in a way where I had played, I think, something like 14 games within a week. I just kept, like, you know, like, playing this game solo. It has particular solo decks. It has multiplayer decks of of different events that can happen. So you can play this solo, and it's a completely different experience than if you play it multiplayer cooperatively with your friends. So it's a co-op game. I didn't mention that. But it's also a solo game. And either way, it's worth doing. And if you've played it a million times solo, and then suddenly you decide to play it with a friend, it's going to be a completely different game because there's completely different events that happen as you play through the game. Wow. You've been singing it, singing this game's praises for months, since you, since right? you got it at Gen Con. Yeah, yeah, I got it at Gen Con, and it has been one of my favorite games of all time since I bought it. I think the only game that I actually enjoy more than this game of all time, not just 2018, is the game that I said I would have put at the top of this list had it been eligible, <laughs> and, and, and that was Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Right. <laughs> which probably is my favorite game of all time now. Uh, we played that game this year, and were it eligible... I would put it at number one, but it is we decided not because there weren't enough changes from the third edition to the fourth edition. But suffice it to say, uh, Twilight Imperium fourth edition is fantastic, and you should play it if you have the endurance for a you know five to eight hour game. <laughs> well, I think that's it. Yeah, we we did it in under an hour, so it's only like a double episode instead of a uh, like an a you extra know, a, special winter extra size. extra special episode. Yeah. So, yes, I yeah, you know what? Happy 2018, everybody. These are all great games. You cannot go wrong with any one of the games that we mentioned today. Please go out and, you know, play play any any one of these that you can get your hands on, whether that's through purchasing them or going to your local go, uh, game store and playing them there. Or if you want to come over to my house or Jason's house and play them, uh, <laughs> we would be happy to have you and, and play any one of these games. It would probably make our day to do so. In, yes, indeed. Uh, we have not discussed... We have not discussed how people would get a hold of us <laughs> if they wanted to tell us what a great 2018 they had and how much they agree with our lists, which are perfect. <laughs> All right. In well, it, if you want to discuss perfection, yes. uh, then, yeah, you can contact us. It's uh, LPT, the podcast, all one word at gmail.com. Um, you can tweet us at Limited Playtime, or you can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com, which will reroute you to the Mazer.com, which is where we are currently hosted. Next week, we are going to challenge ourselves as much as possible, and we are going to talk about a little game called Terra Mystica. <laughs> the Euro okay. game to end all Euro games. Oh, yeah, for real. Jeez. It kind of feels that way, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a heavy one. This is going to be a big one, everybody. So, uh, you know, buckle up. Uh, make sure that you're, you've gotten all the Christmas out of you or the, the Hanukkah or the New Year's or what have you uh, because we're going to have a big, demanding episode <laughs> involving Terra Mystica, one of the most demanding games that I have on my shelf. <laughs> what a way to start the New Year. Yeah, look forward to that. Demanding 2019. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) We will see you in one week. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Later.